of Toast and Jam. This is Alex. This is Brian. And today we are joined again. Once again. Our, once again by our friend James Raphael. Hey. James in the house. And uh, before we get started here, we're drinking a little beer called Lupulin River from the Knee Deep Brewing Company located here in beautiful Auburn, California. What do you think of this one? I, I'm really enjoying this one. This th- th- This... This tastes a lot along the lines of uh, some of the revision that we've had. This is this very is, good. Yeah, this is an Imperial uh, IPA. It's an eight percenter, which is actually pretty good. Single IPA? Sing, uh, actually, no, I think this is a double. Is it it a just double? says IPA, but I'm pretty sure this is a double. At an eight percent, that would be a what double. Right? So we could have a whole podcast about about just the beer part of this thing. The the background of knee deep and the, why do they have two called Lupulin? What does that mean? Do you I know? know? Lupulin River. I don't know. Because yeah, the Dr. Lupulin, too. No, Dr. Lupulin is revision. Ah. That is revision. So but there's got to be something going on with that. Well, I know that there's infighting between revision and knee-deep. Yes. So that's mm. – Lupulin River has always been um, knee-deeps, but I think the Dr. Lupulin was a direct response to that. Right. Probably. It's a good beer, though. Anyway, it's Lupulin it's River. a really good beer. I actually really enjoy the Lupulin. Um after revision came out, to be honest with you, I kind of shied away from a lot of knee deep stuff. But um, the Lupulin River, and there's one more from knee deep that I'll always, oh Breaking Bud, I'll always go Breaking back to Breaking Bud. Yeah, that's yes. the other one. Both of those are really good really stuff. Good. Yeah. Definitely it's because they check got, them out. It's they got that that IPA taste, which a lot of people call green. You know, have, have little have a little bit of that. that oh, a little that, bit of the green, the green smell to it. Yeah. Speaking of green, love that smell. Hang on. We <laughs> need to thank – we need to take some time out to thank somebody real uh, quick. Yeah, for real. Mr. Adam Redding and his co-hosts of the Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover Podcast. I love that name. It, it's it's not only a wonderful name. It is a wonderful podcast. Those guys are hilarious. They're very informative. If you, want, if you love video games, all things video games, new, old, all things video games. Listen to the Super Best Friends Video Games Sleepover Podcast. Finish this podcast first. Definitely. But then go and listen to Super but Best Friends. That's your next stop, yeah. Yes. All, all things video games, they're, they're, it's, a, it's a fantastic podcast. Yeah. And again, I love the name. It takes me right back to – I mean, it explains everything. Oh, for sure. The name I says it all. I think the name of, it need, needs you to sing a falsetto version of the name of the, the, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his own perfect intro. Oh, he does? Uh, yeah. Musical? Adam Adam is a – yes, he is a um, – he's actually like a musical prodigy. The dude's amazing. Nice. Um, so he is, yes, something that you want to look into that. You definitely want to look into that podcast and, and check them out. Yeah, big thanks, Adam. So who are we talking about today, gents? James, who are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about, of course, Green Day, baby. Green the day. Green Day. The, the, or is it The Green Day? Are we doing this again? It's no. The Green Day, I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, it's no, Green it's Day. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Not Green to day. be confused with Greenery Day, which is a Japanese holiday. Green Day is an American rock band formed in 86 by lead vocalist and guitarist Billy Joe Armstrong and 
bassist Mike Dernt. Bassist, thank you. I, I just learned that we are saying bassist and not bassist. I heard that on a podcast somewhere. Somewhere. Some, some idiots I don't call know. it bassist. This guy, I don't know. Those guys. Yeah, I don't know what they're thinking. For much of the band's career, they have been a trio with drummer Trey Cool, who replaced John Kiffmeyer in 1990 prior to the recording of the band's second studio album, Ker Plunk, which was recorded in 1991. Green Day was originally part of the punk scene at the DIY 924 Gilman Street Club in Berkeley, California. Berkeley. Uh, we, have we finally hit a band you haven't seen live? No, I'm sorry. No, I I've saw s- them. I've seen, I've seen them too. I saw them at actually the the height of their popularity. I saw them when the Dookie album came out, when it was the album yeah. to see them at, and yeah, it was pretty amazing. I hate you guys. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. If they didn't fully cover this this podcast, but I'm Canadian, so I got to see none of this. Well, <laughs> not, none of these bands went to Canada. No, no. Well, they did. They they went all the way. They went. They visited three cities, to, so you could enjoy it: Vancouver, Toronto. And Montreal. And where were you located? I was located in Calgary, which is not those three cities. Fifteen hundred <laughs> miles. I was located in not those three cities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anywhere but those three cities. So yeah. Uh, yeah, So I got to enjoy, you know, the Crash Test Dummies instead. Those American uh, no, bands. You saw Big Brad, Big bad, Brad, Big Bad, bad Brad, Brad Roberts. Bad Brad Roberts. Bad Brad. And a St. James <laughs> Rhythm Pig. St. James Rhythm Pig. Yes, sir. Well, lucky you, James. Yeah. That's awesome. Sure. Sure. <laughs> That's nice, James. That's nice. What a story. The band's early releases were with the independent record label Lookout Records. In 94, their major label debut, Dookie, released through Reprise Records, became a breakout success and eventually shipped over 10 millions of copies in the U.S. 10, ten million. 10 millions. Ten How millions? many millions? 10. Mi- ten. Ten. Ten of them. Millions. 10 millions. 10 millions. I'm liking that. Millionaires. <laughs> In 86, friends Billy Joe Armstrong and Mike Dirnt, 14 years old at this time. Here we go with the 14-year-olds again. B- oh, right. those 14-year-olds. Making us all feel like we aren't good enough. Yeah, making us feel like big lumps of crap. I know. You know what makes it even worse on this one? You know old Billy Joe is? He's Billy Joe. He's the same age as me. Oh, what no. was I doing when I was 14? <laughs> at exactly the same time. We, we were watching Big Brad Roberts yeah. and the same James. We, you know what? Things. We covered this on the silver chair. Episode. What was I doing at fourteen? Not making, not making friends who I was going to make records with. <laughs> exactly. They formed a band called. What was their first band? Anyone know? Got me on that one. Sweet Children. The yeah. group's first live performance took place on. And I'm glad they got rid of that name. October seventeenth, nineteen eighty-seven, at Rod's Hickory Pit in Vallejo, California. So I looked this Hickory Pit up. You all excited because the drive between here and San Francisco. There is not much. Not much and at all. And so I'm all excited because there's, there's a hickory pit in Vallejo. <laughs> Looked it up. No. Knocked down. It's now a gas station and a Starbucks. <laughs> oh, man. That's too bad. Well, I We're mean, not you too could far from Vallejo. You know, we could have gone there. You could you could stop by and get a latte and uh, fill up okay. and, and just remember the, the sweet <laughs> children. That sounds terrible. That doesn't sound good. Yeah. <laughs> I, again, I'm glad they changed their name. Very what are you doing so. this weekend? We're going to see sweet children. What? What, bro? Uh, you're, you're gross, bro. In 98, Larry Livermore, owner of Lookout Records, saw the band play an early show and signed the group to his label. In 88, you mean, right? Did I say, what did I say, 98? Oh, man, yeah, no, not 98. (laughs) No, it was 88. Uh, 88. 88. In 89, the band recorded its debut album, 1,000 Hours. And before it was released, the group dropped the the name Sweet Children because they realized it sounded creepy. Good for them. According to Livermore, this was done to avoid confusion with another local band, Sweet Baby. Not for the other obvious reason. 
<laughs> okay, whatever. I'll go with that. <laughs> I wonder if they opened up for Matthew Sweet. So. Oh, hmm. <laughs> Matthew Sweet. The three sweets. The sweet <laughs> children. <laughs> Matthew Sweet, Sweet Children, Sweet Baby. The band adopted the name Green Day due to the members' fondness for cannabis. Hmm. Hmm. They were from Berkeley. And they like weed? And they had a fondness for cannabis. Who would have thought? I'm not, yeah. I'm not I'm not following how that even happened. <laughs> Kerplunk's underground success led to a number of major record labels being interested in signing Green Day, and the band eventually left Lookout and signed to Reprise Records, or Reprise. Reprise. It's Reprise? I like Reprise. Reprise. Surprise. So now what now if we call it reprise, what country are we from? Are we, are, is this a New Zealand thing? That's like, like, what, what's going like reprise? Re- reprise is like al- aluminium. Is that what we're talking about? Aluminium. <laughs> Come on, the guys. building was made of aluminium. We I'm all, like, wait, we all know it's aluminum, okay? <laughs> aluminum? <laughs> aluminum. Aluminum. After signing with Reprise, the band went to work on recording its major label debut, Dookie. What a great name for an album. What a great name for an Is album. Is it a coincidence that the first album was named Kerplunk? <laughs> <laughs> and then I've always wondered about this. It's just those that sophomoric humor. They just they're they were just poking fun at it all. They were just having fun. Did I I remember when this album came out, there was there was a guy in my he was in my English class. I remember this I remember this dude real vividly and he had that album. And he and he went around telling everyone how great it was, and I remember seeing the album art on it, and he had it, and he was like, "Man, these guys are great." Like this guy was kind of, I mean, I mean, he had it, he had it clocked. He he knew these guys were going to be great, and yeah, and uh, and he was he was right. Dookie is a wonderful album. It's a wonderful album. Not only that, I mean, every song is great on that album. But have you guys seen the the original album artwork? It's like freaking Where's Waldo. Like you could spend it, it, hours, totally. you could spend hours looking at that at I, that. Illustration. I think it's supposed to actually be a specific area. It in is the Berkeley area. Mm-hmm. Is it really? It yeah. is. Yeah. We must. We must it, go there. Well, you know, in we the must so make with a pilgrimage. nuclear bomb dropping on with the bomb. Bi- no, right? <laughs> yeah, they're punk rock, right? They're punk, punk rock. rock. And they got uh, they got monkeys throwing crap and everything. Like it's an awesome I, album. I I read a little bit about this album cover and all the different points that were on it, and I think I could be wrong in this, but I thought I remember them saying that if you look, one of the buildings that's in there is a warehouse and that warehouse is where everything took place that the song Welcome to Paradise is about. Oh, really? Which I know we're not talking about that song, but you know, the Welcome to Paradise it's not really paradise if you listen to the song, yeah, but yeah. that supposedly took place like that was that warehouse. I think that's on the album somewhere. Oh, man. I I it's good just stuff. I remember I mean, that's definitely one of the ones where I, I had a cassette and it was a lot smaller on a cassette, but once I got a CD and I upgraded and got a CD man I spent a lot of time just looking because if you look there's all kinds of little funny stuff on the illustration it's what like looking at like a mad magazine kind of yeah kind of comic you what know? was that that first thing you said you had you had a what before uh, you a got cassette w- uh, w- uh, you're back, losing, you're losing back me. in my day you're I, losing me bro yeah, <laughs> so you're you had this like thin plastic strip and you could hear music from it? yeah no this is <laughs> this is voodoo magic <laughs> I do not know this cassette you speak of. I never had an 8-track, though, so I'd never I went never that had far an eight back. Track. No. James. James? No, uh, sorry, no 8-track. No 8-track? <laughs> okay. I was, right. I was in the backseat of the car when the 8-tracks were <laughs> Oh, man, good answer. <laughs> Recorded in three weeks and released in February of 94, Dookie became a commercial success helped by extensive MTV airplay for the videos of the songs Longview, 
basket case, and when I come around, all of which reached the number one position on the modern rock tracks charts. That's pretty impressive, and that's pretty awesome. I mean, well deserved. All three of those songs are pretty awesome. They're great. This is this is one of those iconic albums. But you know, it when, just is. when I hear that Dookie album now, though, it's not those songs I listen to. I, all the other songs on that that album. Just right now, when we were playing the song, I after hearing "When I Come Around," I want to go straight into the next song on that album. You know, it, and it just those are the, those are all the ones that I think of when I think of Dookie. Oh, uh, coming clean. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like uh, we 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 finished the song. <laughs> there's yeah. about a four second pause, and then all of a sudden Alex hits that chord. And Seventeen strung out on confusion. It's just you have to. It's because it's what so comes next. <laughs> it's when natural. you see Alex and, and Brian play live, you'll know <laughs> that after they finish this song, it is going to take every muscle of their fiber <laughs> to not I, you go know what? that song next. I think. I think we should actually do that, and you should just sing the first line and then go, thank you. I see. Thank see you. If anyone That's knows, it. if anyone sings along. Just do it. Just yeah. do the one line. That's funny. That'd well, cool. I mean, it's just like um, when Green Day also did, what was the song that they did? They did Brain Stew that's immediately, immediately followed on the album by that song Jaded. Jaded, yeah. Sometimes if you hear, like on the radio, they'll just play Brain Stew, and they'll end Sometimes. it. Sometimes. And it's that's so maddening I and frustrating no, I, yeah, to I don't me. Like that. Uh, it's like it it almost feels like when you're got a sneeze and then the sneeze goes away and you're like, oh, like what I gives? Was, I was robbed of that sneeze. <laughs> that's how that's how this feels when you when you can't hear that next song on that album. We were I'm just talking about that, listening to songs in succession from an album from beginning to end. Right. Sometimes when I hear those songs, those individual singles or whatever on Pandora. I know what comes next, and not being able to hear that song come you next, hear it. it's so frustrating to me. Totally. Urgh, frustrating. Totally. It takes away my sneeze. <laughs> it takes away my sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> it takes away my sneeze, bro. That's a song title. Copyright uh, Toast and Jam. jam. <laughs> so let's get into the lyrics of When I Come Around from Green Day. Uh, it's a very personal song. Lead singer Billy Joe Armstrong wrote about being away from his girlfriend, Adrian Nesser and the frustrations they both felt when he was on the road. Billy Joe met her in 90 when Green Day performed in Minnesota where she lived. He was just 18 and found it difficult to maintain a long distance relationship, especially with his touring schedule. He was just 18 mm. touring around already in the band. What a jerk man. In this song, he affirms his devotion for her, assuring her that when he does get to see her, when he comes around, he will make it up to her. Surprisingly enough, Billy Joe and Adrian got married in July 94, a few months after Dookie was released, and right in the midst of the band's rapid ascent to stardom, the marriage endured and the couple had two children together. Now, don't quote me on this, but I think they're not together anymore. Is no, I that, thought they were. Are, are they? Is it really? I'm not 100%. I just thought they were. I could be wrong. So so we both could be wrong. So We both could be wrong. One, what you, what you have just described to me is is not a 90s band <laughs> because again are you trying to tell me billy joe's still alive you said you yeah. started saying ascent to stardom and, now I'm I like, don't and then he died of a drug overdose is right now while we don't died. know if he's currently married to adrian we do know he is alive yes this i do. can confirm there is there is much evidence 
set, he is still. We're getting much. we're getting a better track record on on these songs of of like people who are still alive. Yes, I think it totally. all it all started turning around with Bad Brad Roberts and the St. James Rhythm Pigs. <laughs> I think it all started turning around. Everything started That's looking a little bit for. brighter. Right. We had to get a Canadian band to turn <laughs> this thing to, around. Yeah, exactly. Make <laughs> things good old Canadians. Good old Canadians. Canadians. They really know how to bring out the light That's in the situation. Right. You know. So be, because of this, you you. A lot of the stuff you've been playing, you, you talk about how punk rock they are. Yes. Now, are Green Day punk rock? No. No, they're not. Well, like, I, I know they're a blue hair version. Day I know. They're, and they're associated with that, but yes. they're they are not anywhere near the um, punk rock sensibilities of those other bands we were talking about, Bad Religion, No Effects, mm-hmm. uh, Rancid. Those guys are living and breathing punk rock. Um and I definitely, th- I don't know. I, I would honestly put Green Day more of a pop, pop punk, pop punk. It's it's like a sub genre type thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. like new new wave pop punk kind of stuff. Now, when Dookie came out, did they think of themselves as pop? Oh, punk? for sure yes, they did. Or did they think of themselves as punk? Oh, oh no, no, they thought of themselves as punk for sure. Yeah. but even then, they weren't really like it, it's just a different sensibility. You listen to those songs; those are tailor-made radio-friendly ready-to-go hits although their first single being longview is a for that the content of that song and the and the bad language in that song it's a very unlikely single for uh, a band just starting out i was i'm actually true especially if you're going to get radio play and especially green day if you have a if you have a song like basket case ready to go and you have a song like when i come around ready to go it's very unlikely that Longview was their first single. See, I didn't with know Longview that, was the first one. With that bass line, and then wi- again with the lyric content about like masturbation, and then you know all of the, all of the foul language that they have in it. That seems, that seems really. Um, Doesn't seem like the, it should the, be the first pick. No, right? the 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 record label really took a chance by throwing that one as the very first single. Basket case. When I come around, you can understand those ones. They're they're right. tailor made for the radio. They're right. radi- radio friendly, ready to go. Oh yeah, when I come around's a radio hit, no matter no but matter long what. Longview, I I think it's because both the I really think you're wrong. I think when Dookie was out, I think both the band and the record label thought they were a punk act. I I, I definitely think they were, but I don't think they were. No, and I in in the long run, we've learned they're not. They're not. They're very <laughs> much not. But still, to release Longview, I think is a it's a chancy, especially when you have the other those other songs in the can ready to go. That's a dicey move to make that your first single. And maybe you're right. Maybe that they just thought, oh, well, these are just Berkeley punks that don't care. We're gonna release this one first and let let's see how the world likes them. Who knows if Longview would have tanked? Would we ever have heard any of these other songs? The other ones. That would have been my question because. If it was up to me, I wouldn't have released Longview first. I, I mean, w- it, w- it would have come out because I do like it, and the bass line's very catchy, and, and it is a good song with some tempo changes, which is something I dig, but yeah, I don't think it would have been the first one. I don't think it would have been the first one, first choice for me either. This is why I'm not a record executive, apparently. Apparently. We would have got it wrong. <laughs> totally. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, before before I start dragging on, <laughs> and I, I think 90, the 90s word is dragging on, There's on, on being mean about Green Day. I love Green Day, but I think the punk thing is really polarizing. There, I think there's a lot of people out there that hate Green Day because they're like they're not punk because they identify as punk and yeah, they're not punk. They're not punk. 
And which is confusing because I, I, I found here that the uh, magazine Fuse actually called Dookie the most important punk album of all time. See, I don't think that's mm. right. I don't think that's right. I don't I, think that I should th- be their title. I think that statement is true if you take the word punk out of it. Most important album of all well, time? Well, not the most important, but I, it, it's how about, it's... how about the most important pop punk album of all time? Yes. I would go with that. How about that? Yeah. Like, I, I think that's okay because, honestly, another band that I think gets the, the title of punk but I don't think is punk is uh, Blink-182. Right. Yeah, they're, they're in the same boat as Green Day. Exactly, yeah. and I would call them punk, pop punk, punk as well. Yeah, I would too. Um, I think Green Day is a way better example of what pop punk can be. They're writing songs because they know they're good. They're designing them to be good to be rather good. than designing them to piss people off. Which exactly. I think punk is designed – you're designing your songs, but you're designing them to right. make everybody uncomfortable. To be or, or, or make a real, um, a real statement as to what – um, what whatever it is your agenda is for that particular song. You look at a band like Bad Religion. Every one of the there's not a throwaway song lyric lyric wise on any Bad Religion album. He's got an agenda in each one, and he's gonna say it, and you're gonna hear it, and that's just the way it is. Same thing with No Effects, and those guys just don't care. Like they just, right. I, I think No Effects, they just don't, they just don't mm-hmm. give an f. Nope. And whatever they're gonna say, you're gonna hear it, and whether you like it or not. I mean, what was that one album? It was like. Um, what was it called? Like a white trash, two hebes and a bean. <laughs> yeah. And it it was, it was naming at that point. Yeah. And it was naming all it the members. It was, it yeah. was all the, like the cultural backgrounds of every one of the, the band members, white right. trash, two hebes and a bean. And it was exactly. like, yeah. that could be very offensive to people, but they don't care. Like, just they like, just whatever. didn't give a crap. This is us. Take it, take it, leave it. This is what we do. So. I never get that from green day. Oops. I never get that from green day, especially with, especially with dookie, especially with, even their earlier albums, I don't know if you guys had heard Kerplunk or the, I think it's called like 10,000 Smoothed Out Slappy, Slappy Hours. hours yeah. I, I got both of those. Um, after I got Dookie, I went back. I got everything I could from before, and then I got everything up until I think like Nimrod. Um, and then I got American Idiot like way, right. way right. further right. down the but line. But it's like different band you're buying at that it point. It is totally completely way different, different yeah. band. Yeah. I, I have them up to Nimrod also. That's when I I think that, yeah, yeah, I got, I think it was Insomniac after that, and then mm-hmm. – um, it wasn't Nimrod right after that. I, I don't remember exactly, but or I think it was Nimrod right after that. But anyway, I um, even those early songs that they were writing, those early songs, they were tailor made for radio. They were. It was a lot of songs about like longing, about love, about girlfriends. Right. A lot of the punk rock bands that we listen to, or the bu- that we think of as punk rock, not so much. They don't really write about that kind of stuff. No. They, I mean, it's all about. And it, you know, and if anyone's listening right now and you're screaming at us yeah. to your iPods, understand that. At least me personally, I don't mean any of this as an insult to Green Day. I enjoy Green Day. I just. To throw them in as like a punk rock band, I don't think that's the right classification. I don't think so either. And I just, I mean, that's scream just at us, scream at, well, them, scream on the <laughs> Facebook post for this podcast. Oh, right. for sure. <laughs> there at, you go. I at toast hear, and j- I don't know. <laughs> yeah, at toast and jams. And to be honest with you, I, I think you're right. Uh, I think polarizing is probably the best way to put it because there are probably a lot of people out there saying like these idiots don't know what the hell they're talking about. Green Day is punk, and maybe they're right. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, maybe I'm right. Maybe they're wrong. Let Who's to say? I got somebody you, you probably can't disagree with. Oh, God. The lead, former lead singer of the Sex Pistols. Sex Pistols? I think we'd call them punk, would we not? Very much punk. I would call them punk. So there we are, fending off all that, and it pisses me off that years <laughs> later, a little wank outfit like Green Day op in and nick all it and attach it to themselves. They didn't earn their wings to do that. And if they were true punk, 
they wouldn't look <laughs> anything like they do. I love it. Oh, see, that was good. That was Amazing. much. That was that was better than <laughs> hey, with my. With Canada act. being a French province, I thought you would have had an awesome well, French accent. Who, who would have known you would have pulled that one? You want to hear Celine Dion, Dion's <laughs> opinion of uh, Green Day? <laughs> who would have known you had the oh English accent gosh. in your back pocket? That was great. Oh man, um, I th- I think that says it right there. I mean, I if Johnny Rotten comes out and so denounces you for pretending to be punk or being a punk wannabe, yeah, I think you. I think even as Green Day, you should probably look at it and go, all right, we're not punk. Because <laughs> you know what? I guarantee you, the Sex Pistols are probably a huge influence from Green Day, and they would probably tell you as such. They would pro- probably. Billy Joe Armstrong probably himself would tell you, yes, I mm-hmm. was a huge Sex Pistols fan. And so to hear that directly from them and to know, to know that you don't write that kind of that same kind of music. You don't write the same kind of music that the Sex Pistols write. You never did. No. You never did. And that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. You go back to those early albums, those very first albums, and they were not writing punk songs. They were some of them were rock ballads. So yeah, I've there was a lot of rock ballads. There was a lot of fast-paced punk, like there was. fun, there fun was punk, punk-ish songs, but I wouldn't call them a punk rock band. True, because I, I've, I've, li- I actually had the, 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 was it Slap Happy Hours or Slap Happy uh, yeah, Hours? Ten thousand smooth. Ten thousand three hundred thirty-nine. I think it was. I, I had that for a while and listened to it, and it was good for what it was. And there was fast-paced songs, but I don't think fast-paced equals punk. No, I don't think there's so a, There's a difference. You Nir- can be fast-paced yeah. and not be punk. Nirvana has a ton of fast-paced songs. Would I call them punk? No. Uh, Foo Fighters has a, pun- a, a bunch of fast-paced songs. Yeah, I wouldn't call them call punk, them punk. Yeah. I mean, fast-paced does not – I, I right. think I think punk rock – I think punk rock subverts just the, like, tempo of the song. It goes to, like, song content – you know, attitude like the, like the lyrical content the attitude the almost the demeanor of the band members like that all like we were talking about the offspring the offsprings all of those like points that we hit about the offspring about noodles buying beer and noodles getting <laughs> stabbed and and he got like, stabbed on tour man that's, that's like punk. a punk rock kind <laughs> of lifestyle that they were living you know naming uh naming their their record label after a brand of beer like that's all kind of punk rock stuff definitely um but wait oh. now i just got i have to go to the there's other there's more but there's <laughs> more to the story <laughs> i have r- arguments that maybe green day is punk oh, so you're playing devil's advocate i don't know here. i know i'm i'm, I'm saying oh i have gosh. i don't know i don't have an answer for okay. this <laughs> but who's seen that woodstock 94 performance they did uh, i'm raising my hand right now okay, if you can't see i'm me. raising my hand as well yes yeah, now a little bit higher than brian so yes. mine's better <laughs> that, now the, the performance <laughs> if, you, if you watch when i come around it's it's what you would expect you know he's got some sort of false hairdo and they're all playing their songs he had the blue hair at that their point semi-fake punk way and but of course this is woodstock so it's turned into a giant mud pit so it gets to a point after that song where Everybody's throwing mud on stage. Even during that song, somebody mud threw fight. mud, and it thr- went right into his hand. It was mm-hmm. right into his hand where he was strumming. He just kept strumming. Again, that's professional. That's not punk. Punk, you would have hopped off the stage and stabbed that guy. That's, <laughs> what, that's, what, that's what punk is. He could have gone. He could have stopped the song, gone down there with a knife. Yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but still, but there's a point where, in the middle of Paper Lanterns, where they, he just kind of. Goes forget it. I'm done singing and starts getting into a mud fight, throwing the mud back at the people. See, that's that was pu- pretty funny to watch. That's punk rock attitude, and it's fun. But it's but it's fun. And I, I again, what I think, uh, going back to the earlier point, what Brian was saying about the album name being named Kerplunk and the second one being named Dookie, 
I think if anything, that's more kind of a juvenile sophomore kind of behavior, um, which, which I don't, I don't think this necessarily says you're punk. Like you are a punk rocker by it's just, just fun. It's just yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. I think. And, and like I said, those guys were having fun. They were having fun by naming their album Kerplunk and having fun by naming their album Dookie. Dookie. And they probably got a great kick that Dookie was their greatest. That was their best album. <laughs> and, you exactly. know, it was probably on all kinds of charts. Just seeing the word Dookie, Dookie. on there. That's they poetic probably, justice. They probably loved it and they yeah. probably got a kick out of yeah, it. Who you wouldn't? Know? You know, yeah, I would. Exactly. I would. If, if, if I I wouldn't I would have named my album Dookie if I knew it was going to sell you know ten million. Yeah, for sure. So Green Day, their legacy, the band's ninety-one album Kerplunk is one of the best-selling independent albums of all time, selling over four million worldwide. Did you have Kerplunk? Did Man. you ever hear that album? Kerplunk? Yeah. Mm, couldn't it, tell. It's you. a really good album. It's Did one of the ones that, one? that we played in the record store. Oh, I love that album. Nice. Actually, Welcome to Paradise had an earlier version on that album, and then they re-recorded it for the Dookie album. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. So on top of what James says, they were cited by Fuse as the most important pop or important punk album of all time. Uh, the Dookie album was also named the best alternative album in 94 by Rolling Stone. It was also placed in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's definitive 200 list of 200 classic albums, both Dookie and American Idiot were placed on Rolling Stone's 500 greatest albums of all time. Dang. That's how awesome that's, they are. That's pretty prestigious right there. As of 2015, Green Day has sold more than 85 million records worldwide. In 2010, VH1 ranked Green Day 91st in its list of 100 greatest artists of all time. And the band was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in April 2015, their very first year of eligibility. That's cool. Everyone heard. They were wait, oh. they were just were pent up waiting to induct them. Yeah. yeah. And everyone yeah. said, oh, Green Day? Let's yes. do it. And, and, and to me, at that point, whether they're punk or not, that becomes moot. Right. Sure, they yeah. are They are great musicians. Yeah, they just great, they great des- music. They and deserve to be in. And who the hell ever thought? that they would create a rock opera after coming out with Nimrod and Warning and Insomniac (laughs) and Dookie. Who the hell would have thought that they would have come out with a rock opera called American Idiot? And not only that, it was a pretty damn good album. Like, that was a great album. Yeah, they they really, I mean, they came into their own real early, and they just kept it going. You know, all all this talk of punk, not punk, again, that's not meant to demean or anything like that. They're a great... It They're a great band. Matter. They've done. It, it doesn't it, matter. It, in the long run, it doesn't matter. I mean, you you can call them classical for all I care. I still like the music. Still like the music. You know, they're and still a great band. And obviously, they are remembered and they will be revered as a great band totally. for all time because that's just who they are. Whether they're punk or not, they are a great band. Yeah, they definitely are. So Green Day to everything you are, were, and are going to be. We toast. We're gonna toast. Actually, we can get some real clinks in here. We can get. We can do it. Let's do this. Hey, there we go. Nice. We're clinking our glasses. Hey, check us out on Facebook. We're available. Look us up at Toast and Jams. And um, why don't you spread the word to your friends if you know anyone that listens to music and loves music, especially 90s music, and you want to turn them on to this podcast, uh, share the link. Tell them to go to iTunes, write up a review. Right. We're also available on Podbean. Anywhere you get podcasts, really. Tell them to check us out. So we toasted. What do you think? You want to jam? Let's jam.
dry your whining eyes. I'm just roaming for the moment, sneezing my back out to dunk out. So uptight you'll be thinking about ditching me. No time to search the world around. Cause you know where I'll be found when I come around. Well, I heard it all before. Sat down, knocked at my door. I'm a loser. So I don't need no accuser to try and slag me down because I know you're right. So go do what you like. Make sure you do it wise. You may find out that yourself down means nothing was ever there. You can't go forcing something if it's just not right. No time to search the world around Cause you know where I'll be found When I come around Time to search the world around Cause you know where I'll be found When I come around When I come around When I come around When I come If they were true punk, they wouldn't look anything like they do. I love it. Oh, see, that was good. That was Amazing. much. That was that was better than <laughs> hey, with my. With Canada act. being a French province, I thought you would have had an awesome French accent. Who, who would have known you would have had? Pull that I one. You want to hear Celine Dion's <laughs> opinion of uh, Green Day? <laughs> 